Who does locates in Moncton? How does that work? Uh, I want an out of province locate experience. I'm really interested in this. It's um, Enbridge does some, um, but it's pretty rare that I call in for locate. So um, it's it's similar to you, you call the eight one one number and all that. But um, I don't know. Like I saw that you guys were getting charged for locates, and I was like, geez, like I haven't heard anything around here. Like I I got to look into this. I took care of that situation. Yeah, Mike single handedly <laughs> fixed the whole thing for yeah, us. Just well, everyone online thinks that, so we'll just perpetuate <laughs> that reality. I posted three memes and brought those motherfuckers down <laughs> to their knees. So do you guys like we have to go online? and fill out all these crazy boxes and do drawings and post the closest intersection and, you know, give up our firstborn. Like, do you guys do that too? Or you just call 811 and say, this is the house located? Yeah. And like, unless there's, there's not a whole lot of like underground utilities in my area. So um, like most, like we have overhead power lines at the majority of neighborhoods um there's not a whole lot of gas lines like there is some natural gas but it's in certain neighborhoods so you, you kind of just know like you would call in like I, i've called in before and they're like yeah there's nothing to locate here like wow. so they don't like they can just know by looking at a map um at least that's and then like i i say that and and, and i hope it's you know, 100% factual because <laughs> if it's not, I'm going to look like a complete idiot, but at least that's been my experience is that, you know, it's not, it's not as common as I think maybe it is in um, other parts of Canada. Like, Is so that because of bedrock that they put everything overhead? Like, do you hit a lot of bedrock when you're excavating out there? Or? No, there's like, it's all clay here. You know, oh. I think it's just, like there, like I said, like there's certain neighborhoods that that put underground utilities in, and um, but for the most part, it's all overhead. And it's like it's the nicer you, it's the nicer neighborhoods that have stuff underground or, or the newer builds. Um, but like and like commercial, like anytime we've done a commercial job, we we've like dealt with that, or like the general contractors um, like filled us in beforehand. But um, yeah, like oftentimes like we don't you know it's not something that i was like when i saw you you got like there was sort of that you know uh everyone was posting about it i was like geez i i gotta spend some time looking into this because like maybe i'm missing something here <laughs> here locates like in ontario locates are now mind you California, New York, and Ontario are the three most fucked up places in North America. So we live in the middle of one of them and you don't live here, but like in Ontario, but locates are a massive thing here. It is like really? one of the most controversial street. Like we're at a point in Ontario where Rogers is saying they're going to send someone out to watch you dig around their fiber optic lines. Wow. Like, that that that's something we got back this year was or last fall i guess we talked about this eh, mike like um but it's like they want someone to come and watch you excavate around the fiber optic line by hand and you have to you have to pay for that person's time to sit there and watch you dig <clears throat> now there is that is a 2023 job watching other people yeah. dig. like that is you know 
anyways, that's where we're at here. But like, seems like in Moncton, you don't have people from Rogers watching you dig around their fiber optic lines. Well, it's it's like um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, two years ago, we were doing a job where someone wanted their whole yard redone, um, a bunch of trees planted, um, some like you know front retaining walls with some garden beds and stuff. And um, he worked in IT, and he had uh, Bell and Rogers and another internet provider because he runs uh tests so he has to test every single internet provider with his through his work to make sure that whatever he's doing works well on all the other providers so he had like tons of cables coming in and he knew where they all were and everything and and we called in we got the locates and as we were working on the property we found this line and it was a, a a rogers line and it was just laying on the ground through these big mature trees, they just laid it on the ground and ran it to the house. So we were like, well, that's odd. I've never seen that before. We called Rogers and they came out and they said, yeah, um, it's in the trees. Like, we're just going to leave it there. Like, it's fine. Like, just work around it. So that that line is still there above, like, it's not buried at all. It's right under some trees and, he could not, he, I mean, he was really concerned about it. The, the client was, and he wanted them to do something about it and uh, they wouldn't, they just, they just left it. So well, I think things around here, I think are a little different than most places, but I mean, it's, I was sort of surprised to see like all the locate stuff, but maybe I'm, you know, just, uh, it's been my experience that like, it's not um, maybe it's a little bit, not as serious around here, but I could be wrong. Like maybe I'm missing something too. <laughs> Is Moncton behind Cor- Cornwall? Oh, most likely. Uh. <laughs> I I had a guy who was like, um, I put out an ad last year, and I, I really tried to add a, like a, a bunch of employees. And I had one guy who was coming from BC uh, to move out east. And um, he didn't end up working for me. He, he's, he worked for another company last year. And then this season, um, we went for a coffee. And he's actually starting his own company this year. Um, so he wanted to just meet up and, and, and chat. And I said, I asked him, I said, so what do you think of, like, what do you think of New Brunswick? What do you think of Moncton? And he's like, oh, it's, it's great. And I said, how do you find, like, the work? Like, how's it compared to BC? And he's like, you guys are like 15 to 20 years behind. <laughs> and I was like, seriously, he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, you guys are like, it feels like I went back in time. Wow. I was like, Oh, well that's, that's interesting. Like I knew, I like, we kind of know that we're maybe a little bit behind the other provinces, but like he said, 15 to 20 years, I couldn't believe it. Wow. Zach, so, are you born and raised out there? Yeah. 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 So how many like paver suppliers do you have? To, to pick from um there's there's three um there's two like in town uh and then there's one that's like outside of town but it's it's really only like 10 minutes outside of town like outside of, like for us around here if you're doing a job outside of town that's like oh you know i i, I got this job where i'm gonna have to drive uh outside of town to do it it's like 
20 to 30 minute drive <laughs> that that's like going out of town for us whereas if you're in the Moncton area like you can drive from one end to the to the other side of Moncton in you know 10 minutes so um or it's a pretty small area i think compared to to where you guys are working is there ever like, traffic uh no okay. <laughs> not much traffic that's nice <laughs> like if you get there. stopped at a light uh like i was watching uh, pk story where he's like worried about parking i couldn't imagine that like that oh, looks, the, <laughs> the i have no idea i have no idea what that would be like like for us i mean you can park pretty much anywhere you know, like there's parking's never an issue for like, I mean, some, some jobs like it's like, but if I was to complain about parking to, to you guys, you'd be like, what are you even talking about? Like, you, I couldn't imagine trying to do what, you know, you were posting on your story the other day. Like that seems so that's like a logistical street, nightmare. Yeah. That street's a dead end street yeah. and it's got parking on both sides. So my friend lived on that street for a long time. And then bashed the house down, got all the permits, and built a new house. And so we we did that house. And it's it is a painful street to be on. Like everyone, like if you saw that, but it's just there's nowhere to put it. It's it's a and that house was about halfway up the street. So I was there on a Saturday working with him, cutting stairs in, putting stairs in on a Saturday. And four houses on the other side of the street, four houses down, second from the end of the dead end, the woman had a real estate agent walking by to get to the end of the street because obviously she had to park five streets over too. And he saw her and went and said, "What? Are you, why are you here? She said, well, we're going to put this house on the market. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to buy it. <clears throat> and he bought that house with the intention <laughs> And that's where we're working now. Like when I thought the pain was over in the middle of the street, he bought a more painful location on the same street where we're working now. Like I'll post a video tomorrow. I'm going to go down there tomorrow. There's a a garage that's stucco and then a Trex deck. And they're going in between the two of them. And the space is two and a half feet wide to bring all the material into the job. Oh geez, oh. it's not crazy. And then my buddy's like, "Hey, this digout seems to be taking a long time." And I look in the back, and the E twenty is swinging three hundred and sixty degrees, then going over top of a Trex deck that they've covered in filter cloth into the, then going into the gap where the bucket is only like two inches on either side, and then going through the gap where the stucco garage is and loading the buggy. And I'm like, I wonder why this is taking a long fucking time. Like it just. It is a it's a painful place to work, but you guess you get. We've actually because last fall we did another project with him. We've done a bunch of projects with him, and it just you get used to being there. And the people are actually the people that live on those streets are generally pretty fair with you because everyone's in the same painful situation. Yeah, it's where do they put snow in the winter? It, it just streets. just stays there. Do people park on the street in the winter too? Oh yeah, those cars are oh, always wow. there the whole time. It's it's a. I've been there a lot because he's a very good friend of mine. But I just I'm like I can't imagine living here. Like it just it just every time I go there when I leave I'm like man I can't even fathom this level of 
humanity just all packed. Like it's it's a it is like that house is one street off Queen Street, which if you've ever been to Queen Street in Toronto, it's a very nice street. And there's tons of little cafes and you walk up and down and there it's like a three minute walk to the lake, to the beach. Like it's a beautiful location that way. It's just, man, it's like just trying to do anything is even just like park your car is like a painful, like it's just, anyways, I, I, I could do with not work. Although it's in some ways, like when we work out city of Toronto is so big that very rarely do you encounter anyone from the city? Because it's just so, there's so, city is so vast and there's so few like bylaw people. And the only time we ever encountered a bylaw guy, it's on my Instagram somewhere. I literally like said, Hey man, will you be on camera and tell everyone what we're doing wrong? And the guy was like, Yeah, sure, no problem. And we like did like an interview with them and he told us all the laws we were breaking. And it was sick. I don't know, it was like four years ago, but it's buried somewhere on there. Is this, he was a super cool guy. It was, and he wrote us a, a warning instead of a ticket. And we, changed up everything we were doing and it was fun. Actually it was a pretty fun guy. It was an interesting experience. And he came they came back, but that's the only time the whole time I've been down there I've ever encountered anyone from the city. Like there was there's some streets where all the cars park on one side of the street from the first to the fifteenth. Then they all park on the other side of the street from the sixteenth to the thirty first. So when you bid the jobs, this is like going because I did a lot of when I started my very first company, we got all our leads were in the beaches in downtown, like in Toronto, in the beaches area, because most of our work came a gen- from a general contractor friend of mine, and all of his work was in the beaches. So we he would do the outside, inside, we would do the outside. Um, and I got used to like actually putting on people's quotes. If you want the work done between the 1st and the 15th of the month, this is the price. If you want the work done between the the, the 16th and the 31st, this is the price based on what side of the street the fucking cars would be parked on. Because if the cars are parked on your side of the street, you are screwed. You cannot work because there's just cars everywhere. It's it's such a weird, but you get adjusted to it. And then one great thing about working down there is there's no frost. It's all sand. There's no topsoil. So you can work anytime. Oh, wow. It's like the guys started. It probably could have started the last week of March, but um, we started the first week of April, and there's they haven't encountered any frost or any problems. Or hmm. the space becomes an issue, but it just it starts to just you just it's like anything. It just starts to be what your reality is, and you just deal with it. So, anyways, yeah. I don't know what we were talking about to get on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. If somebody wants to go down this rabbit hole. I don't know if we're we're sticking to any topics, but I've got a question for everybody here. Uh, What was your first entrepreneurial endeavor? Successful or failed? However young you are, what was that first thing that you did that you tried to make money on yourself? I had a hot dog cart. Nice. And I, um, I, I bought the hot dog cart from my cousin who was really successful with it. Um, he, he lived in uh, Nova Scotia. Um, I was, I wouldn't say I was successful with it, but I had a lot of fun and I, I ate a, a ton of sausage. Well, it was a hot dog cart, but I mostly sold sausages and, um, 
and uh, schnitzels and it was uh, a lot of fun, but it wasn't, um, I don't know if it was a successful entrepreneurial venture, but um, it was my first and, and it was a good time. Where did you park <laughs> out? Did you like in front of a Canadian tire or something like that? Uh, no, I, I went sort of like, uh, not on main street, but like a, a street sort of parallel to main street. So like sort of a downtown area, um, parked in front of, uh, a legion for a little bit. That was like pretty nice. good. And, and then, um, eventually moved closer towards the downtown area in front of uh shopper's drug mart. And it was a little bit busier. Um, it was a little bit more chaotic at times. Um, but, um, I just did it for one summer and then the next, the next year I started my, uh, landscaping business. That's awesome. I love the hot dog cart. That is wicked. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Is landscaping better? Landscaping is, um, yeah, landscaping's better, but I wish there was still like, like, I wish there was more hot dog carts out and around. Like I would, if I saw, you know, someone slinging dogs, I would, you know, I was on my way to a job and I had time. I would certainly stop and, and, and grab a sausage, but there's more like big food trucks and, um, those can like, those can be expensive lunches. If you stop at a food truck every, you know, a couple of yes. times a week, like, you know, but, uh, uh like I, I, I think I was charging like, between three and four dollars for a sausage now they're like i think they're up to like eight eight bucks for a sausage um but yeah like those nice little cheap lunches in and out like i wish there was more of those but i haven't seen a i haven't seen a sausage card out around moncton in a long time i think covid kind of kiboshed all that so that's true i agree with that anyone else i've got three milestones um for lead to where i'm at now but first one was um my dad had had his own business that he started when i was born basically and at the age of nine gave me the opportunity to work for him hauling barrels of gravel laying sod whatever so uh he was paying me 20 bucks a day and i thought that was great as uh felt like a baller so that's how i started working and then uh next milestone was uh first job i ever took on my own was a foundation waterproofing where we dug probably 12 feet by eight feet deep four feet wide all by hand and that was a i mean seven grand in a day and i was just feeling so good about myself it was such brutal work um but then a month after that uh the rhinoceros company uh, around me was doing installs and uh, they were running out of people. This was my first year in business. Uh, nobody wanted to do their jobs. <laughs> so they found me on Instagram and I'm like, I'm just some kid, but I'll take on little things. And they go and look at my portfolio and it's just a bunch of like 200 square foot walkways, little jobs, you know, a couple of driveways here and there, nothing crazy. And uh, this is all jobs that my portfolio was built off of work I did for my dad. But anyways, I told him all that. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Here's a $180,000 backyard project to do with a fire pit and a waterfall, pergola, and 
all sorts of outdoor kitchen. I'm like, I've never done any of these things. And I've never done a project that's worth 108. But that was like biggest I've ever done was maybe 30 grand at that point. They're just like, don't worry, you got this. I'm like, what what was I, 21 years old at that point? And telling him like, I can't do this. And they're like, yeah, you can. Like, all right, I guess I'll figure it out. They paid me, I think it was 30 grand to do it. Found out from the client they were charging them before the pool. It was like almost 100 grand. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it was, I worked 16 hour days for three weeks. Uh, me and two buddies from high school and uh, got it done. And I think, I think I made 200 bucks a day. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I grew from that and uh, added that one for the portfolio. And that client actually um, did good, like a really good job. But in his neighborhood, it's a nice neighborhood around here. He's they referred me to like 30 jobs that I landed in his area. So I made that money back afterwards. Hmm. It was a good investment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was painful for the f- three weeks, but it was good. Nice. The, uh, the first entrepreneurial thing I ever did was I sold snacks in the stands at uh, baseball games at the Sky Dome. I used to walk up and down the stairs and sell popcorn or drinks. And uh, we got paid straight commission. Wow. There was no guarantee you would make a penny. Um, so it was, I guess, you're working for McDonald's because that's when McDonald's ran the Sky Dome. But you would go in the kitchen and bring your uniform and you would walk up and down the stairs and the harder you worked, I guess, in theory, the more you got paid and you got 9% of your sales. So, um, you know, like, I guess you're always aiming to sell a hundred, a thousand bucks worth of stuff, you know, and make 90% of your sales. So um, that was the first entrepreneurial thing I did. And it also led to, you know, cause what they would do is you would come in with your float and you would buy 12 popcorns. And when you bought 12 popcorns, you would go out and sell 12 popcorns and say they were three bucks each. You'd come in with your money and buy the next 12 popcorns. But if you knew the person that was loading the tray, <clears throat> they might, and I'm not saying I have any experience with this, they might put 14 popcorns on your tray. And so the last two popcorns you sold, <clears throat> those babies might be all profit. Oh, wow. That might that might have happened. I don't know for sure. Obviously, it's not something I would be participating in. But uh, in my, I think I was like uh, four, 13 or 14 when I was doing that job. I used to take the go train. That's a bizarre thought for my daughter's 15. Like I, I would like get on the go train in Pickering and take it all the way to downtown Toronto and then walk to the Skydome by myself. I used to ride my skateboard to the fucking go train because I had no other way to get there. So I'd ride my skateboard to the go train, get on the go train, take it all the way to, I don't know, like, like fuck, get home at like 12 o'clock midnight, be the only person at the go train station getting on to ride. Cause you're, anyways, it was, I can't even fathom my daughter at 15 doing that now. She can, I have to fucking order the Uber for her. <laughs> How to do that. <laughs> That's not true. She can, or, but anyway, it just, I can't fathom like, the difference in society now from when I was, but that was the first thing I did that was entrepreneurial was I sold stuff in the stands and I got paid commission. Nice. Mike. 
Me, I, uh, in elementary school or maybe middle school, I can't remember, a buddy of mine made comics and uh, sold them or tried to sell them. That was an unsuccessful endeavor, but uh, that was my first chance to try to flex my entrepreneurial abilities. I got my dad to mass print them because he was a draftsman. So we took him into his work and no way. My dad did off. Yeah. 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 Great. He, he printed off a hundred copies for me. I maybe sold five. And, but since I, I had nothing in it except time, the materials were all on his work. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> his pure profit. So that was my first entrepreneurial endeavor. The question is, do you still have one of those comic books? I should. And I, I tried to find it a couple of years ago when I was back at my parents and I, I couldn't find it. I'd have to look a little harder for it. It would be interesting. Chad? I got nothing. I think I went straight into landscaping and then into Chinese excavator sales. <laughs> I think those are the only two things I've ever sold is my body, the landscaping and my, my excavators. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I I got no fun stories or anything. Like I'm, I'm not a like great entrepreneur, and I'm definitely not a salesman. So this, the only thing I'm good at is hard work. So everything else is maybe that's why. Like I don't like the sales portion of selling brick jobs and stuff like that. Yeah, but like, do any of the five of us enjoy the sales part of the job? Some or, people love it, right? Like office guys, ooh. they well, not here, but like there's some business owners who run things from you the sales lands- side. You know, landscape, you know, someone who owns a landscaping business that loves selling jobs. No, but I'm sure they <laughs> exist. I'm sure they, they exist. may, but I've never yeah. met them. No, the guy in That's California, the who, Pavers the, King, the Pavers King. <laughs> no, no, the uh. <laughs> The feather He does enjoy a good sale. Yeah, yeah I don't mind his little rants. I mean, you, you take it for what it's worth, but uh, not worth much. But um, it's nice to hear. <laughs> you got to put the hat on when you go to every sales call because you got to protect yourself from the sun. See, you listen. You can hate, but you still listen. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, I, I listen for sure. That's where you get information. I don't have to agree. I don't have to agree with the information, but I listen to it. Like I, I, th- I think that if someone babbles enough into a feather on the internet, sooner or later, there's something of value there. Yeah. Like you, very rarely do you meet someone who's a complete idiot all the time. Like there's maybe someone who started their own university, but <laughs> and then preached about don't get post-secondary education. But you started a university. <laughs> but don't get post-secondary education. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like, you started... Anyway, I... I um, yeah, I think that everyone... And hey, like, if that... If that information from anyone drives you forward and makes your life better, then I think that's great. I just think that there's a lot of information out there that people like that are making you pay for it. That is maybe stuff you could achieve for free by simply Googling it on YouTube. Um, you know, that's my, 
I get. I don't know. It seems. He shows up on YouTube though. That's the thing. What? You look up how to landscape, and then that guy shows up. He tells you you need to pay for his university, right? Uh, or join a gang, or a herd, yeah. <laughs> or a pod, or like I, there's not there's a lot there's a lot of here. Here's my differentiation in that if someone is teaching you a marketable skill like how to build some like how to physically build a landscape project or how to build walls or how to build steps or how to lay pavers correctly i put a lot more value in that than i do in someone telling you i can teach you how to grow your business without any marketable skills like physical skills because at the end of the day to me anybody can go out and sell their physical skills their building skills uh in a more honorable way than they could then trying to turn around and flip the snake oil to someone else right well like i don't think if they're all technically gurus is what we're going to call them. The ones teaching you how to build shit, physical shit, are way higher caliber than the guys slinging the snake oils and grow your business. And to follow me, I'll show you how. Just give me 10 grand a month or whatever. You know. When someone says, I'm going to teach you how to hire the right team, and then immediately says, if you want to hire the right team, hire someone who knows how to hire the right team. That kind of idiotic double talk, I have no time for. I yeah. don't I and, and then whatever else you say after that, I'm always going to be tainted by the fact that you said that kind of absolute stupidity. Hire someone who knows how to hire someone, that's how you hire the best team. And I'm like, okay, but you you have to know how to hire the person that knows how to hire the people. It's anyways, that kind of idiotic shit I have no time for. But I think everyone, I guess, has the right to have a voice. And it's whether or not people choose. I think there's a lot of like paying for blue check marks and paying for fault. Like there's accounts that have 50,000 followers in the podcast genre that actually make podcasts about don't buy followers. And then there's 12 likes on the fucking account. Well, like if you have 50,000 <laughs> followers, yeah. I don't care. Like my account is super shadow banned right now. Like create, like people who've been following me for 10 years are like messaging me saying, Hey, you don't post anything anymore. I post at least two or three things a day. Like my account is fucking crazily shadow banned because of the swearing and whatever. I guess they don't like Tim Horton's reviews. I don't know, but those well, you live in Canada and you drive truck. And so maybe the government's doing something about it. Potentially smoking cigar. I'm sure smoking cigars is not favorable. Like that could be another thing that's like I, but even when my account is crazily shadow banned, I have 20,000 followers. I still get like a hundred, 150 likes on a picture. So if you have 50,000 followers and you have 12 likes, they're fucking fake. And you're on top of that preaching on your fucking podcast that they're not, not to buy fake followers. It's totally asinine. Like it's just, but that's the world that, we live in now is that people don't they they listen to the message but they don't look behind the message i'm sorry i'll stop doing that 
<laughs> we have four hundred. Our now how do our not our finest hour account has four hundred and fifty earned followers. So, Robert, um, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Robert, welcome. Better late than never, brother. Yeah, I just was uh, scrolling Instagram and saw the link and said, uh, "Might as well do something here while I'm sitting here." The Amazing. actual link and not the one that I posted. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to click that one and it didn't work. <laughs> I was not the tech genius of the three of us. Tell us about yourself, Robert. Yeah, uh, uh, from Southern Maine and uh, the states. Um, down down on the coast. Um, just doing design build work and uh yeah, that's it. Living the dream, plowing snow, building patios. Do you still have snow there now? No. Uh not where we are. If we if I go thirty minutes north, I got probably a couple feet of snow. Um oh, like shit. more or less in like the lakes region of New Hampshire or even actually the state of Maine too, but Right where we are, we've been, we actually started like three weeks ago, so. Holy shit. Oh, hasn't wow. been bad. Wow. Yeah. Is that a normal, is that a normal start time for Maine? Uh, not really, because all last winter, we worked all last winter. Um, we did a couple of projects, some shoreline projects on the lakes and when the dams are down and, uh, well, when the, the dams lower the water levels and everything like that, but. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, this year we had, uh, I mean, I know this isn't a snow podcast, but uh, we just had 72 <laughs> inches accumulative of what? snow this year, and our average is like 45 inches, so wow. we've been buried We've been buried with snow all winter, so hmm. unfortunately, okay. so we've just been plowing, and now we're uh, getting, getting back to it, I guess, like what, most people. What kind of, I have a question. Yeah. If this isn't a snow podcast, what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> like, what? Like, I just to be fair, I feel like this is not a snow. Po- I'm like, what? what I, it's not, what, not. We've talked about what snow kind of po- Well, what kind of podcast is it though? I want to. I want to know what Robert thinks. Like, what do you think this podcast is about? I'm interested. It's the, I best, it's the best podcast. Oh there wow! You there yeah. you go. Perfect. Yeah. That's <laughs> not that. That's not for everybody. There you go. <laughs> Not forever. You missed Caleb's corner already. You did. Mike was Mike was doling, but that Caleb has nothing to do with Caleb Allman <laughs> or with Allman Landscape or the KidCon. I want to make that clear to you, Robert. Yeah, it's nothing <laughs> to do with. It's a totally different Caleb name. We just picked at total random. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm interested in work going to Maine. Well, so you plowed 72 inches of snow and still built shorelines. That uh, seems not, hec- not this seems year. Hectic. Oh, this okay. year, this year we didn't we didn't do really anything. We uh <clears throat> we did we did a big retaining wall up until uh like the middle of December of last year, and then we had to pretty much call it quits and head out of there. It was on a steep slope, and you know we had a foot of snow, and skid steers were sliding everywhere, excavators were sliding around, and we couldn't get. Uh, material delivered because trucks couldn't make it down the dirt roads and so we ended up calling it just uh we were just busy plowing snow all season hauling snow and uh now we're uh i guess back where we are again now nice so you do you like haul snow with trucks that's something i do i don't plow snow but i do i do haul a lot of snow 
Yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple ten wheelers, so we haul a lot of snow. We do a lot of smaller, uh, not a lot of small, but we do. Uh, we do a few United. Well, in the United States Postal Service, it's just the, uh, you know, mail the mail carriers or whatever. We do a bunch of those sites, and they're really small. So anytime it snows, you get four inches. It piles up, and you have to haul it away. And so we stay busy doing that too. We we actually we actually did quite a bit of snow hauling this year, which is a lot more than normal. But pays what, the bills. How hard is it to get rid of snow in Maine? Here uh, it's, it's a here it's a bitch. Oh, it's 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 very simple. Um, <laughs> Once it's, again, it's Ontario. very simple. Yeah. I mean, pretty much anybody that has a plot of land that you can back over or drive into with a dump truck, you can dump snow. Oh my god. Here yeah. it's like sounds like Cornwall. It's like the hardest <laughs> in Toronto, it's like so hard to get rid of it. No one will take it. Nobody wants it. It's like a it's just it's well, you know, it's Ontario. It's like living in New York or California. Yeah. It's the Canadian version of those two places. So I just it's a I I can only imagine the freedom of being able to dump some it's, snow somewhere. <laughs> it's nice. I I mean there's there's a lot of like aggregate quarry pits and uh you know, there's a bunch of big like concrete companies around us that will, you know, you have to pay like 25 bucks to dump a triaxle or a trailer dump. But I know, you know, we have enough connections with people where that have pits around here or just have extra land and they just, you know, we just dump it and then either we leave a loader or someone has a bulldozer that you don't leave on site and you just keep piling it up. And I mean, I mean, down the, down the street from our shop here, I mean, we have a, still one hell of a pile of snow that's still melting but it's covered in dirt so it'll usually <laughs> usually melt off like what in the end of may ish into june but oh, shit. i have a pile of snow at my yard that's it was, it was a significant pile it's probably about a quarter left yeah we one of the piles is gone and one of the the bigger pile is still there it's still um it still exists it's yep. still working but it's it is it's all covered in dirt from just dumping it oh yeah but um yep that's it i'm just in the office doing some late night stuff and uh go inside and go to bed and start over tomorrow start once over again <laughs> how's your spring been in maine like in terms of leads and stuff i mean we're just one of the topics we've been talking about is just you know, for um, some of us, it was slow and now it's busy for some of us like me that's still slow yeah i mean it was it's kind of been slow, but it, it's picking up, but it seems like we're getting a whole different volume of kind of leads where it's just like, you know, someone wants us to like do uh, drainage. Yeah. Maybe like, like maybe not necessarily drainage, but you know, like, Hey, I got this side yard and it's a little wet. Can you bring in some fill and fill it up? Or can you re gravel our driveway? Or can you just pull these couple bushes and plant a couple bushes? And it's like, you know, in the past seven years, like we've never really get calls for that. And it just, I don't know, it just seemed, it just seems weird this year that kind of type of leads that are coming in, but they're, they're coming in fairly consistent. Um, but then again, where the estimates and stuff going out, I feel like people are a lot more cautious right now with kind of spending money. Cause again, like everybody, you know, the past, past couple of years, I mean, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars people would be like, when can you do it? You know, how, how, you know, can I give you a check right now? And now it's like, you know, 
25, 30,000 and it, you know, residential homeowners kind of a little hesitant, like, Oh, well, you know, maybe if we get rid of the lighting, you know, it'll drop us down maybe a little more comfortable range. And that's what I am currently seeing. Um, but I mean, I, again, we're still seeing some of the bigger projects, but they're definitely far and few in between at the moment. Do you, can you see the sign behind Mike? <laughs> yes, I can. How to hardscape. What what color is the how to to you? Uh it's like a light orange. Oh my god. Good call. Good yeah. call. Do yeah. you know a, a manufacturer that is named Lock Uni? Except you switch those two and you get you <laughs> yes. know that manufacturer? Yeah. Is that logo a red logo or an orange logo? That's red. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Bang on. I think yeah. we concluded that I'm colorblind. <laughs> I have some kind of color issue. I anyway. am colorblind, so I I've got that going for me. I actually, they actually built a brand new uh, manufacturing facility in uh, Massachusetts, and I poured that over the winter. It's actually pretty, um, pretty substantial the amount of money that they that they put into that the whole entire thing is like inside all the silo bins is like 75 80 foot you know raised ceilings inside and it's, it's pretty cool it's all like everything's electric over hydraulic now so everything's on like com computer touchpad so instead of having you know what a, i don't know how many people they have 20 30 people to run a front of plant they now have like 10 and everything's automated and it was pretty cool. I, I mean, we don't personally use them, but the sales rep is trying, you know, has uh, been getting in touch with us and stuff like that. But it's just kind of, it's just kind of hard. We don't have a good sales. Um, well, I shouldn't say sales. I should say kind of distributor really close to us. Yeah. So we haven't really kind of got into it. I would like to, but. So are they doing that so they can manufacture and maintain consistency all winter? That's where they put everything indoors? That's what I'm assuming. Um, I mean, like I said, they, they, you know, they bring you down, they wine and dine you. They had get a pro, they gave you a prime rib lunch and all this stuff, and showing you the new facility. And well, no one did that uh, for me. So never just gave out eggs. Never had that. <laughs> yeah, he just gave out eggs. <laughs> pickled eggs. Yep, pickled egg donut sandwiches, and I. No one ever took me out for prime rib. That's a maybe. I should come to Maine. You should. You can have I some think lobster, lobster have some, out there. Yeah, some lobster too. It's the best. Nice. I so actually, I actually. So go sorry. ahead. I was no, gonna go say ahead. I actually don't even eat uh, seafood. I don't like it, but everyone oh. says it's the best around here. So I would eat the shellfish and die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would get really sick. Or the tuna. Or the tuna. <laughs> <laughs> well established. I wouldn't eat that. So. Yeah. That's interesting that they uh they put a plant down. I didn't like. I mean, up here, I guess we're from. I'm from Toronto, so I feel like I'm the center of the world. Yeah, yeah. And the whole world just rotates around me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So hearing that someone's building a plant somewhere else, I'm like, well, why? Why would they do that? That's not in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but that's that's cool that they. uh I've never. I, so I was a. I was a sales rep for a manufacturer for a while. And uh, and I certainly we didn't have any facilities like that. Um, yeah, but it seems like if you have a facility where you can keep everything indoors, you can control temperatures, and perhaps you can produce all winter 
um, because that's we we would produce things like large block retaining walls in the winter because if they ended up with a little bit of frozen aggregate in the face or stuff like in general people don't give a shit about large block retaining walls they're very industrial right um, right you know so that's the kind of stuff they would produce in the winter because it didn't matter um, yeah but not not a of like a really finished paver because it would just turn out um you, you couldn't control the consistency but i guess if you have all indoors you could so that's kind of neat to hear that they'd be doing that at um yeah yeah and because they have a, their old manufacturing plant like sits on one side of the property then there's a brand new one that's right next to it and that supposedly the brand new one's going to be manufacturing like certain new products and be able to kind of take like everything that's a high priority sales through them for these products over here and then everything that's a little less goes through the old manufacturing plant or something like that, I guess. They can probably adjust it faster if it's like all computerized too. I know that it's like switching molds and colors and there's a whole rigmarole with that too Mm -hmm. in an old plant that um, you might not have to do in a new one. Maybe it's more just pushing buttons and making magic happen. Yep. Trying to. Trying to. <laughs> Just like we well, do. Uh well we try. That's uh but I don't know if it actually here on this podcast, I don't know if it happens every time. <laughs> I don't uh, so have you listened to the podcast for a while or are you from the are you from the start or when did you join in? Uh I've I've listened from the start. I mean, not consistently every single podcast I listen to every get Get the fuck Every off. minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I listened to I listened to a lot of them. I started the first podcast I really started listening to was uh, Mike's, which was how to how to hardscape, and then it kind of ventured into you know listening to Caleb Allman, and then uh, like the Green Grind, and then I started uh, there's a snow podcast now. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it. It's uh, the Snow Jobs podcast with. Uh, Glacier, Glacier Snow Management, and uh, I can't think of the other guy's name from like all all hands landscaping from New York or something. I listen to them as I I love snow, so I'm kind of wacky, but I love snow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I listen to kind of all the different extremes and down to this one, and this one gives you a good laugh, and it's a Usually a good end of the day podcast, pick me up, get me home anyways. <laughs> so that's good to hear. Zach, are you a, from the beginning or are you um I I started I think I started pretty much from the beginning. Um and I, I try to listen to every single one. Um I've missed a few lately just because I've been doing more like office work and things like that, but once once we get on and we've, we've like sort of taken a break from um, plowing snow, but when we were plowing snow, I was, I was listening to every single one. And once we get on the job sites again, I'll, I'll have the headphones in and I'll be able to keep up. But usually when the, the office work, the in-between sort of doing jobs and, and that I don't have as much time to, to listen to every single one. So. I feel that. Adam. Yeah, from the get-go. From the get-go. Yeah, and you know, I, uh, I met a landscaper who's uh, 
while he's shutting his doors and becoming a uh, product rep. Yeah. Uh, so he's got some leftover jobs that he's had, sending my way. Um, but he was uh, making references to the show, which I thought was funny. Oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. Funny. yeah. So he's, a product rep. he's a product rep now. So he <laughs> he gets to make all kinds of weird things. He can, you know. I'm also a longtime uh, Twitter follower of yours, too, uh, PK. Ooh, oh, right? well, wow. so that's, that's OG. If yeah. you like, yeah, Twitter, but then is, you're, I think your Twitter, like, your my Twitter, Twitter got banned because you went away <laughs> and then you came back. Yeah. And when you, when you came back, I was like, yeah, he's back, but your yeah. old profile's gone or something. No, Elon brought me, my old profile's back. Elon, okay. Elon rescued me. I got, okay. um, I tweeted one single thing about, uh, how many convoy how many people attended the trucking convoy it was like an article and my account was immediately banned and shut down oh like immediate and then they wouldn't and i could not get no i applied to get it back i asked for a review because i had had that account for a long time and uh and then when elon took over i applied again it had been gone for i actually started another account another paver king account because i was like okay well i like i can't use this because sometimes i use that account to post things and screenshot them and then put them on instagram and i use that account for quite a few things so i started yeah. another paver king account and then uh when elon took over i reapplied and they they took me out of twitter jail but nice. i was in twitter jail for i'm like i've been on here for like i think it's like 13 or 14 years or something and I'm getting screwed over by this one thing. It's not like I posted 50 things or was making outrageous claims. I literally reposted an article. I think it was actually a, a tweet from uh, Pierre Polyev. That's like the leader of the conservative party. I think I retweeted something is banned the next day. No explanation. They said I broke community guidelines. Like, okay. <laughs> but I think that what they were doing was it's that account has 6,000 followers, maybe something like that. So if you go and ban all the 6,000 follower accounts, no one gives a shit. If you go and ban Pierre Polyev's account, everyone's going to freak out. But if you ban the 6,000 follower accounts that are retweeting anything you don't like, no one's going to come and fight for the 6,000 follower Paver King account. No one gives a shit that my account got shut down. So instead of banning the big accounts, I think they took more of a strategy of saying, let's ban any of the accounts that are spreading stuff we don't like that have between 15,000, like 15,000 followers or less, because no one's going to help those people. No one's going to make a big deal about them. Um, so I think that's what happened to me. But then Elon let most of us out of jail. So um, thanks, Elon, for the $3 billion you lost doing that. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate it uh, but. I, I think we're coming to the end of it here guys but I do want to ask if any of our guests has a hot take or something controversial that they want to hurt somebody's feelings about uh, before oh. we put a, a close to this episode here so anything that you want to say that's a hot take in the industry online or uh, or a controversial take, or you just want to hurt somebody's feelings here. This is uh, your chance. Ruffle some Favorite. feathers. 
My biggest beef is, uh, but you guys covered it, is uh, soft sand. Oh. Uh, left, right, and center. So, but you guys have that one covered. What was that? I missed that. Oh, you guys covered it pretty good, but my biggest beef is soft sand. Soft sand. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Poly sand, I just won't hire you. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, could, could they make a polymeric uh, additive that we could just be like, this sand's going to be foolproof because I'm just going to add a whole bunch of polymers to this. Um, call it uh, H2 instead of uh, whatever it is. I think that there's a valid argument um, that it's a failed product. I, I And I'm not being mean to anyone, and I'm not talking about any manufacturer in particular. I'm saying I think that I've had a lot of like deep discussions with different people in the industry about this, and I think that one of the things is that when it first came out as a product, most of the papers were tumbled and didn't have spacers on them. And so the expectation of success in that product was very low and you couldn't really tell if it was working or not because there was no space between the pavers anyways. If like you, this is when it first came out when tumbled pavers were king. And as the, the joints got wider and the spacers got bigger and you know, maybe the product was never a fantastic product to begin with. And the only reason we're like, you know, if you, if you're very rarely, do you go to a four by eight job and someone's like, Oh, the sand fucking failed here or a tumbled paver job and say the fan back then it was mostly polyhaze because people weren't washing it down properly or like it's, but there's an argument that it's an honest, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or like, but I think there's a legit argument to be had that it's a completely failed product that everyone has accepted is, is okay. Um, that doesn't mean I still buy it. I still install it. It just, you know, my expectations of it are not high. And I think that the resin has a different, like the whole filling of joints and pavers is a, I don't know where the, the solution comes from, but I think that's a good hot take that, you know, perhaps, it's uh, you wish the snam would get harder. So moving on to someone else's now that I've <laughs> dominated that conversation again, probably got myself in shit, but whatever. <laughs> Robert, Zach, hot take. And you, you, you don't have to have one. Favorite patios and uh, chains, but uh, <laughs> oh, well, okay, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I actually, I actually DM'd PK the uh, was it the Northeast. Northeast yes. Hardscape Show. I remember that they actually had that display there, and it was it was fun. Bring yeah. back some some good memories of that one. Yeah, we had some good fun with that one. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a hot take. It is. The you know the Still around. So, do you use concrete edging in Maine? Is that a normal thing for you guys? What do you guys do? Yeah, we use um, uh, Extreme Edge from Alliance. Okay, good product. Yeah, I like it. I. Yep. I like it better than like actual concrete. Like say you get bad concrete that is using like three eight stone over three quarter. Yes. Um, I think it spreads nicer and I did a test pad at our shop and I mean, it's kind of how you come in and out of the man door every day for at least two years now. And I mean, it, the stuff doesn't move, but you know, I mean, I, you know, usually plow it or shovel it with a skid steer or something like that and lure it over the pavers and, it doesn't, it's never moved. It doesn't crack. It doesn't settle. And I think it's a really good product. I agree. We use Perma Edge 
just yeah. that's an that's a not like I'm not you know but that's the product that we choose and for yeah. the same reasons it's got fiber and yeah. uh, it's got a different mix of concrete and we've we've used it on a whole bunch of jobs and uh and we've had tons of success with it so I I would wholeheartedly agree with you that that's a yeah. those edging products are are good and for us it's worth paying for uh, a real an actual edging product from a manufacturer so correct as long as there's no chains involved. As long as no one's pulling <laughs> on it with a chain, apparently. Yeah. Like, I got more heat from that in a couple chat groups. Like, I can I never, only imagine. I never seen that guy before in my life. I don't know who the fuck he is. And people were like, I was like, I don't know who that guy is. And people are like freaking out. I'm like, well, he doesn't. And they're like, well, you should know who he is. He's a big player in the industry. And I'm like, well, does he know who I am? <laughs> like, no. I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. And he's a nobody. I don't know who he is. Anyway, well, he's, I mean, now I, I, the guy's obviously contributed a lot. And I think that that just wasn't maybe the height of his contribution to the industry. But I think he's contributed <laughs> a lot of other valuable stuff, like <laughs> bars that are welded together with a chain. Like that's Chad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah. Got myself in trouble on that one. Zach, you want to get me in some more? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say over, uh, Zoom links are overrated, and the there proper way to do it is take yeah. a screenshot and then type in <laughs> the big long link yourself. That's what I'm gonna say. Okay. Well, how, overrated. how did Robert log on today? Uh, through Hot Hardscape. Through yeah. Mike. So you click the link, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, well, I, just... I first tried it on my phone and then my phone was like doing something weird. So then I had to unplug my computer and then do it from my computer and it actually worked. We're just bugging Chad because he typed out the link into the actual thing instead of putting an <laughs> I didn't type it link. I copy pasted it into from what you sent me. So, and I mean, I don't know how to build these links and stuff. <laughs> this is all way beyond me. I'm a simple landscaper. You're lucky that I can use whatever. What program do I use? Well, not this is this is Zoom, Chad. <laughs> this is Zoom. <laughs> no, no, but well, you're looking at a still... computer. Yeah, but Caleb had me on some other program that didn't work, and it worked. Uh, it, no, because we ended up recording everything through the phone. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I Okay. All right. I thought yeah. it worked. No. No, it no, didn't. it didn't. It didn't work. I don't. Think well, that's. Now you're on this podcast. It's yeah. run by professionals. <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> That's a hot take. Ten things my, here. My hot take is that this podcast might be run by a bit more professionals. That's all I can say about that. That's you know, we got better sound quality here, right? <laughs> my, That's a Caleb's corner. And that's killed. <laughs> All right, you guys good? We're good. We're good. All right, let's bring it home. This is the end of the episode. Well, actually, we should give our oh, guests uh where can our yeah. where can our audience go find yeah, you guys? That's a good idea, Mike. Uh business names, uh Instagram handles. Uh where can our audience go find you guys? We'll start with uh Adam and then Zach and then Robert then. Yeah, you can find us at uh Ozo Construction, Facebook, Instagram, uh Google. Uh yeah, I'm looking for anything that I could do with a machine or let me know. I like slaying favors. So yeah. Perfect. You can find me on, uh, on Twitter at the real dad of Moncton on Twitter. Perfect. <laughs> I like that. Nice. And then Robert. 
Uh, you find us RDL door on all platforms. Right on. Perfect. Simple. Are you, are you good now, Mike? I think we're good. I think that was super pro of you to shut that down and get that in there, though. It would have killed my I, OCD to let that go. So, Okay. All right. Well, this <laughs> is now the end of the episode.